This summer, we're bringing you double Koi gig. You know what happened? It was that we stopped talking and then people went down and that, that was the I problem. I needed the motivation of you slagging me every week to get good results and just imploded without that. Subscribe to the OTV Koi gig pod on the OTV Sports app now. Welcome along, Killian Boggan with you and very happy to say that I'm now joined by the four-time All-Ireland Final referee and the man in the middle for that Armavi Galway quarterfinal, David Coldrick. David, how are you? I'm good, Killian. Yeah, thanks very much. I suspect that a lot of people have uh, can relate to losing or winning a big match as a player or a coach. Very few what it's like to be a referee. When the dust has settled on that Armavi Galway quarterfinal, what's your reflections on it? Yeah, like I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's hard it's it's hard and different, um, I suppose, as a referee. Um, so obviously, again, like going through the game, um, you know, you're just kind of going from decision to decision, like you know. So um, you know, it's it's it is that kind of two three days afterwards where. You reflect first of all. I suppose you reflect yourself um, on um, you know the 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 good points, the bad points, um, and then you know we we also uh, collectively have kind of a review session as as a group of referees um, in the aftermath of of kind of the weekend's game. So that also um, took place last week as well. So look, I mean the game um, obviously had it all, um, and. You know, it was, you know, as a referee, they're the kind of games that, you know, you want to be involved in. Um, You know, that's what you do all the hard work for in the same way as players want to be involved at this stage of the season. That's that's where you want to be as a referee as well. Um, But um, but like, you know, I think, again, like players, like, you know, to be honest, you really look at it from a refereeing point of view in terms of what learnings you can bring into your next game. Uh, whatever went well went well but it's more the learnings to to kind of move forward because um, that's that's what's important as a as a referee yeah in 2015 Sean Moran was writing about you in the Irish Times he said that you were one of the least excitable referees in the championship but that your polite demeanor was essentially equivalent to a teacher dealing with a difficult class did that game test your refereeing skills more than any other uh, there are there there are you know different games over the years that have that have tested them. Um, I suppose because um, of the way I suppose the 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 game went and and like I think the intensity grew as as the as the game went on and you know I mean it, it's really from that kind of almost let's say the 60th to 65th minute onwards like you know with with eight or nine minutes of injury time in, in normal in normal time. Um, where like it, it it really was intense, and then obviously um, you know the uh, the melee happened at full time, and we still had to 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 play twenty minutes of extra time. So so I think that that mental piece definitely um, definitely was testing. I think you know I, I like to to try to to kind of stay calm under pressure. Um, and and I think you know I did that to the best of my ability. But you're right. Like I mean, it certainly was a game that 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 certainly tested that calmness. Um, but um, but yeah, I think it's that 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 mental side um, is, is was very testing. Um, particularly as I said, like you know, in, in the latter the latter part of the game, uh, no question. As you say, that melee happened on full time. The players are coming back out then for extra time. Did you have any fear, lingering concerns that we could see similarly appalling scenes throughout extra time? 
No, no, well, not really. I certain that certainly wasn't what was what was going through my mind. Um, to be honest, like you know, from uh, you know, from the end of of, of uh, normal time to to starting of, of extra time, uh, it was obviously in so far as we could um, trying to 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 deal with the the situation in that kind of um, 10, 15 minutes break. Um, uh, which obviously, you know, is, is never easy. It's not it's not a place a referee wants to to be in. Um, but again, you know, try to try to deal with it as best I could and 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 essentially get the game back going again. But no, I I didn't feel that like you know that that was going to uh, to run into extra time. And and to be honest, like you know, it's it's like um, you just you, you just get going again and and you referee what's in front of you. Um, but that that certainly wasn't something that was in my head. It just felt through extra time a little bit that perhaps we're not quite seeing the same intensity as we saw in normal time. You sort of felt that the players knew that this incident had happened, that it was picked up by the cameras. You had taken action. Like maybe the the intensity throughout extra time just wasn't matched by by what we saw in normal time because of the melee. Yeah, possibly. I, I think as well. Like, I mean, sometimes or or, or a lot of the time, um, what you see when 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 teams at that level, particularly, let's say, who have kind of you know gone through seventy minutes or almost eighty minutes of of, uh, of high intensity football, it is it is very difficult to keep that intensity up then for another twenty minutes. Um, and I think like you know, look, tiredness uh, creeps in as well, which um doesn't help that 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 intensity either and i mean you know I, i've certainly seen kind of extra times in games like that before where you might only have like you know a couple of scores um in 20 minutes um you know we still had quite a number of scores you know a couple of goals as well like you know so uh, so there was still a lot going on in extra time but um but I, yeah like i, I suppose players would would uh, would have to speak for themselves in terms of how much the melee affected it but I think it I think you know just extra time in general like you know can see intensity coming down because players have given so much in that 70 to 80 minutes um, of of normal playing time. Yeah well of course in a UEFA Champions League final you might sometimes see the two teams in extra time almost mentally preparing themselves for penalties and consolidating their defense maybe for the first time ever at that stage in the championship teams were thinking along those lines as well we might get to that a little bit later just before we get into the events of that match in a little bit more depth I mean it's a tragedy really one of the most epic games in the All-Ireland Football Championship probably for me the most epic game since that Dublin v Kerry All-Ireland final in 2011 the Reen O'Neill score was iconic it's a tragedy that nobody's talking about it yeah yeah I, I think that's that's fair um you know, that's back to, you know, it, it had it all. It had, you know, it had the good, it had the bad and and just the, the not so very nice, like, you know. Um, and but but obviously, like, you know, no one likes to see those scenes. So I totally understand, like, you know, the um, uh, the aftermath um, and the the focus, I suppose, that uh, but it, it was unfortunate because certainly looking back on it, uh, as I said before, it's hard when you're in the middle of it to, to kind of know how, how good a game, um, you know, you're actually involved in so so that is you know that is unfortunate but understandable you you don't realize how good a game it actually is while you're refereeing it is it the same case that you don't realize perhaps how fundamentally serious that melee was until you watch it back and you perhaps gauge the reaction a little bit yeah well no i mean i like to be honest like anytime and and thankfully <laughs> 
yeah, certainly. I, I, I haven't been involved um, in, in those kinds of incidents uh, too often. Um, and, you you know, we don't see them too often, um, thankfully. Um, but anytime you kind of see an incident of like that where, you know, where obviously you have 20, 30 kind of players, officials, etc., like, you know, in, involved in, 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 in those kind of scenes, um, you know, you know how bad they, that is, like, you know, and it's just, it's obviously, as I said, just not nice to see, regardless of, you know, the, you know, particular instance that there might be within that, um, to, to actually see it um, at all is, is just not nice. So, like, I mean, um, while I, I probably wasn't aware of everything that actually happened within the, the melee itself, like, you know, you knew that, um, uh, that this... Uh, this was not this was not something obviously that that um that should be part of the game um and and no one needs it and certainly as a you know as a referee like you definitely don't need it either right so just to bring people back to where the game was that Reen O'Neill last minute free kick sends against extra, extra time we saw our man Galway players going down with cramp just to get a little bit of insight into perhaps the mind of a referee at that stage were you thinking god i hope my legs make extra time yeah, no, absolutely. Like, um, <laughs> you know, um, you know, you, you've now you've refereed for 80 minutes um, in, in Crow Park, like, you know, um, which is obviously one of the biggest pitches in the country. And now you have to do another 20 or so minutes. Um, but at the same time, you know, again, like players, albeit, as you said, like, you know, certain players were going down with cramp, like, you know, um, I like the rest of the referees on the on the national panel. We we obviously do a lot um, in terms of our own training, um, both personal training and group training. Um, so I always kind of felt that my fitness uh, was and is at, at a very good level. Um, so it it wasn't it wasn't particularly worrying me. Um, uh, but at the same time, it was another twenty minutes. So but you know you just get on with it um, and. Um, uh, and you keep going for that that twenty minutes. You blow the full time whistle, and was it a case of you looking over and seeing that it was out of control, or did you see it gradually build up the, the melee? Um, I think um, from memory, like you know that uh, you know I blew the full as you said, blew the full time whistle. Um, there were one or two players, um, I think, asking about like you know extra time. Um, by the time I turned, um, there was probably already a, you know a, a good few players um, already um, involved. And then, as you said, it just um, uh, more kind of came from there. So it was probably it was uh, it was well underway, I suppose, by the time I, I actually um, got to to see what was actually happening. It was well underway. I imagine at that point then you and your refereeing team just have to stand back and let things unfold because the reality is if you were to step into that and try and stop things, there may be a risk to your own personal safety. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we're always told, like, you know, that if, if um, you know, you're unfortunate enough to be um, to be officiating in, in a game where, where Emily uh, such as that one kind of breaks out, that, um, that we stand back, as you said, and observe, um, there is no point, um, you know, trying to uh, to get, well, first of all, too close, as you said, for your own safety, first of all, but then you can't really see anything yourself anyway, um, if you're that close. Um, so, so yeah, the protocol is is to, to stand back and observe um, and then um, come together as a team afterwards um, and discuss as best uh, we can and, and, uh, and deal with it as best we can, I suppose. 
Yeah, I'd say it's hard to deal with it in the appropriate way because how can you deal with it appropriately when it was effectively two panels, including coaching staff and non-playing panel members involved? Yeah, that, you're you're absolutely right. It's uh, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, very very difficult for uh, an officiating team um, to to deal with that. Um, but that's why, as I said, like I mean, you you have to you have to talk talk through kind of what was seen um, as a team and um, and decide as a team then what uh, what we're going to do about it. Um, notwithstanding that it was uh, you know it would never be possible to uh, to deal with it um, you know in its entirety. Like it's just it's just not possible. Malie is the official definition which is sort of used to describe an event like this. Some would say brawl would be more appropriate. After the match, uh, maybe on the more political side of, of media, there was some conversation about the role of the guard in Croke Park. And basically it was a player steps onto the field of play, they consent to a certain amount of risk to their own personal safety. This went way above and beyond what you could possibly mitigate. If you saw this happening on any street in Ireland, you would want a guard to step in and break it up. Do you think that would have been appropriate in Croke Park on that day? Um, like I, I suppose personally, um, that's not really my call. Um, you know, I, I'm there as a referee and I'm trying to deal with it. Um, you know, as a referee, um, I suppose, you know, that kind of consideration is, is probably something, um, not really for me to, to, to talk about. I guess it's strange. I guess it's sort of strange because there's been bigger matches in Crow Park where more has been at stake and, I think back to like the 2013 All-Ireland Final, which stays with me for some reason, Cork versus Clare, that replay under lights in Croke Park and everything on the line, and, and yet players don't do this. Is this a trend that's slowly creeping into Gaelic games? I don't know. I don't think so. Like I said, like this, for certainly for me, like, I mean, this was, uh, you know, I don't know when the last time, which is obviously good, um, that, that I officiated at, at a game that had... You know, uh, you know, a serious melee. So, um, so I'm not sure that that that's the case. Like, you know, um, as I said earlier, you don't like to see these things happen. They shouldn't happen. Um, but, but I'm I'm not sure that you can say that it's that it's something that's uh, that's creeping into Gaelic games. You know, more. I I, I just I I don't I don't see that. Armagh have been involved in maybe a couple of them this year. Would you have been made aware? Would that have been part of your preparation for the match that you would know that Armagh had been involved in, let's say, a couple of melees, possibly, and it might be something you would need to look out for? No, not not like that's. It, it wouldn't be like my preparation. Um, uh, not, I'd say, unlike you know other referees on the panel, it it it's not that specific. What we do do is we we obviously consider. Um, uh, things that might happen, and no matter who's playing, one of the things that uh, that I, you know, be trying to prepare for, and then obviously discuss with uh, with my team beforehand, is what do we do in the event um, of of a melee breaking out? Like you know, but but it's it's very it's general. It's back to you know what I mentioned earlier around the protocol that we use. So it's just. Uh, re-emphasizing that protocol that should a melee uh, break out, but but it's not really um, you know that like what I say to to my team before any game 
uh, isn't any different no matter who's you know who I'm going out to referee. Is the official protocol for a melee breaking out that the referee panel would just stand back, let it unfold, and then try their best to make the appropriate action? Yeah, I, I suppose I'm calling it protocol. I'm, I'm not sure like, I can call it official or otherwise, like, you know, but ultimately I think it makes sense, like, you know, to, to stand back and observe. Um, as I said earlier, you know, if you're trying to get into the middle of things, um, again, notwithstanding the, the point around safety, um, there's very little that you're going to be able to see if you're if you're in the middle of things. Um, so I think it makes uh, makes sense to, to, to stand back and observe. Um, and then, as I said, try to deal with it um, when it, um, I suppose, resolves itself. That conference you and your refereeing team had at halftime, I have to say, I felt for you because it felt effectively like it was a lose-lose for you. What we saw watching on television was a far more accurate view of, of what happened. And essentially the viewers at home were in a better place probably to make decisions about that game than you were based on what you could see. So essentially nothing you could do on the day would have felt appropriate for what happened. Was it a, a lose-lose for you? Uh, look, I mean... It, it, I, I, I... I'm not sure I'd describe it as lose-lose. Again, it's back to the thing of like, okay, look, I'm the referee. I have a team around me. Um, this has happened. Um, we need to talk about it and we need to try to deal with it, um, again, as best we can, uh, based on the knowledge that um, that we have from what we saw Um but as you say, um, you know, we don't we don't have any kind of reruns or anything like that. Um, but but like we had, you know, ultimately we had to deal with it. We had another 20 minutes plus in the end we had penalties as well um, that that we had to officiate on. So we just need to to deal with it as best we can and and get going again. That's it. So so it's not really that you're kind of thinking um you know lose lose here or anything like that you just you know let's let's deal with it let's move on well as you say no reruns uh what's your thoughts on the possible introduction of a video assistant referee support for the referee on the day yeah look i mean uh technology is 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 moving at a speed and has obviously been moving at a speed for quite a number of years and you know, other sports are 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 using kind of you know more and more technology. Obviously, you know we do have the the likes of Hawkeye in in, in Crow Park and Sample. Um, so so it is you know Crow Park or sorry the GA in general I suppose is 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 using technology. Would I be open to it? Yes, I would. I think like you know we'd have to think talk. Um, you know true okay well what would it be used for what wouldn't it be used for you need to weigh it up against you know obviously support to the referee and and the officiating team uh versus um not taking let's say everything out of the referee's hands ultimately the referee has a job to do set of rules to apply as best he can on the day so you know i certainly wouldn't like to see um a lot of that responsibility uh, been taken away from the the referee on the day, but I do think that there is a place for um, technology and, and and more technology being used in the game. Um, but I appreciate that it's not it's not easy and would need to be um, really taught through um, before 
before kind of making any decisions, any, any, which I assume like, you know, there'd be no rash decisions, but I do think that there is a place for it. All right. Within the game. Yeah. And it has worked well in other sports. I think we all know about the place it holds in rugby and relatively recently introduced in football, I guess some teething problems. Then you sort of come to the conclusion, well, only a robber complains about CCTV cameras being put up. Um, But would you have been frustrated on the day when you were making those decisions about the melee? Like, why should the Sunday game have access to full interrupted uh, coverage and be able to make decisions and you shouldn't? Yeah, well, look, I mean, I have to say that <laughs> there was enough stuff that I was trying to get clear in my head. I certainly wasn't thinking that um, I was being, uh, you know, disadvantaged either by not being able to, to see reruns. Um, ultimately, again, it's back to you can only deal with uh, with what you have on the day. Um, and, and, and the other thing is, like, you know, that's, in, in the case, obviously, of, of this one and other malaise that have happened over the years, um, is that, like, you know, you, you do have the powers that be, you have the committees in charge um, that can obviously um, deal with uh, with issues retrospectively, like, you know, so um, ultimately, uh, I you know, I wasn't, yeah, I certainly wasn't thinking that, uh, you know, that... Um, you know, why don't I have um, access to, to video replays, etc. Like, you know, um, you, as I said, you, you, you deal with it as best you can based on, uh, based on, um, you know, what we saw and, and what we can recollect. Um, and that, that's what happened. You did a few two red cards when the players came back out for extra time. What was your reasoning behind those decisions? Well, I can't really go into detail of, of, of decisions. Ultimately, that that's uh, that's what came out of the discussion, um, you know, that the team had, like you know, um, and and um, you know, based on on that discussion, that's where that's where those red cards came from. I think the official line somewhere, perhaps it wasn't the official line, but I guess contributing to a melee was the reason. You sent off Galway captain Sean Kelly and Armagh joint captain Agent Nugent. Um, there was a, perhaps a rumour going around after the match that you sent off those players because they were in a leadership role within the squads. Was there any truth to that? No, absolutely not. Um, ultimately, you know, there is no rule in the rule book um, that says that uh, that that's a possibility um, for, for a referee. Um, absolutely not. Like, you know, ultimately um, it is back to what I said before, um what uh, what was seen by the team on the day um mm. and, and and nothing more um so absolutely no no i mean to be honest anybody that knows the rules of the game um should know that that's you know look i mean it's yeah it's quite laughable so sean kelly had his suspension overturned do you then look back and of course with the value of hindsight and think, you know, perhaps I did make the wrong decision or, you know, I could have made a better decision on that? Well, it's like every decision or, or every big decision that you that you make on um, um, on the day of, of a game, like, you know, you always look back and think back on those decisions, but not from the point of view of like, you know, well, what happens in the, you know, the, the committee rooms afterwards. Ultimately, um, every player, um, you know, sent off, um, you know, on black or red cards or whatever, like um, can, um, you know, has the, the right to appeal and, and that makes perfect sense. Um, but from a refereeing perspective, like, you know, what happens there, um, you know, I've done my job on the day. Um, 
I was happy with the job that I did on the day um, based on the, um, you know, again, based on, on what, um, what we discussed, what was seen, et cetera. Um, what happens after that um, is, is, I suppose, completely out of my hands. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. I guess the concept of the teams entering dressing rooms at, at two different sides of the pitch in Croke Park was sort of bandied around as perhaps a mitigation against this happening again in the future. What would be your thoughts on that? Uh, well, it's, I, it certainly can't do any harm, <laughs> you know. Um, ultimately, again, I suppose that's that's decisions for for Croke Park for for GA authorities. Um, but I suppose any decision that would mean that uh, you know the two teams, you know, at half time, full time, etc., going in um, to dressing rooms um, completely apart uh, from each other, um, you know certainly would would appear to make sense um so but but again it's uh, i suppose that is one for for ga authorities yeah i guess the only concern with it would be that it, it's probably a little bit unsustainable if you can't do it in every county ground and you know if there's a, a league match in in a regional ground and you can't enter the dressing room at, at two different sides of the pitch you know it's something that's exclusive to crow park yeah yeah i i, I agree but like i mean in some ways like you know is that not what, you know, we've done with Hawkeye? Like, I mean, Hawkeye's in Crow Park and Sample Stadium. That's it. Nowhere else. Um, so, you know, again, as I said, it is for GA authorities to decide, but I, I don't think that just because um, there is an inability to do it, you know, all the way down the line should mean that it shouldn't be done in Crow Park. You know, I, I like that, that, that again, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't seem to make sense to me. Was it a strange experience for you refing the penalties at the end of the match? I, I know Podrick Joyce came out and said that penalties are not for GA and you sort of have to take those comments at face value. I'm not going to ask your opinion, obviously, on the rule itself, but was it a strange experience? Yeah, absolutely. It was the first time I've been involved in a, in, in a penalty shootout to, to decide a game. I know that a couple of my colleagues have, um, over the course of the season, been involved in, in, in penalty shootouts. Um, so it definitely was um, a very new experience. Um, ultimately, you know, from the end of extra time to, to getting to penalties was then just making sure again, between myself and, and, and the rest of the team that, um, that we were very clear on, um, you know, the rules around the taking of the penalties and making sure that we made both teams aware of those so that everybody um, was, uh, was fully knowledgeable in terms of, of how um, the penalties were going to, to play out. Um, but yeah, it was, it was obviously a very new and very different experience for, for all involved, in, including myself and the team. Just before we finish, David, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't get your sort of overview on where you think Gaelic Games refereeing is at. I remember last year reading John Fogarty in the Irish Examiner, and he said that action was needed as the refereeing shortage sort of mirrored the decline of the priesthood. Like, did, would you agree with that? And how have things reached that level? Yeah, I suppose it depends. Um... I suppose exactly what John was referring to. I think there is definitely a shortage of referees uh, within the counties. I know within my own county in Mead, 
um you know um the guys there are are you know in in terms of in in kind of the leadership positions from a refereeing perspective are doing the best they can in order to to try to entice new young referees to take up or young people to take up the whistle um but it is difficult um i think you know at at intercounty level um you know you, you do still have a a good squad of referees both at national like national league level and then getting up to to the, to the championship panel um and and development of 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 referees at that level um is is positive is going well but there is no doubt that like you know that if the shortage at at county level continues then that is going to that is going to uh, move into intercounty because obviously like like players um the the intercounty panel of referees effectively come from club level um so 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 you know there is there is definitely work to do to try to um you know entice people to take up the whistle at at club level uh keep them involved um and 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 for those let's say that do see a path to you know all Ireland finals as referees as opposed to players like you know that um that that path is is very clear and and the development i suppose is um is is possible and there are people that will actually um you know be involved let's say every step along the way let's say for for young referees as as they as they kind of move up the ladder um so there is work to do there's no question there's work to do um but again i think that the um uh the the latest um strategic plan from from the GA um has put refereeing kind of uh, certainly as as one of their kind of central planks and and that's that is good to see yeah because you were saying that you like to make yourself available to young referees who have been abused and like i mean i think that must be pretty damning about how freely abuse is given to referees potentially even young referees yeah look i mean you know, there, there's there's no kind of getting away from the fact that um um that abuse is 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 a big problem in refereeing particularly at those early stages of of a referee's development um i do think again that like you know work is being done within counties i know as i said certainly within my own county work is being done to try to um you know take steps to to deal with that i think it's it's obviously up it is important that every referee um you know reports abuse that's the first thing like you know and i would say to to any any referee like you know you need to report abuse um then it's up to the you know the 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 committees in charge within counties like to stand by their referees um i think that you know is critical and and um you know if that happens i think that will help that will definitely help the situation um uh you know and and but but there is more that needs to be done um and as i said hopefully um this uh you know the the strategic initiatives that um that are that are coming out let's say on on the refereeing side um within within crow park um you know will will aid that piece let's say as we as we go into the next couple of years have you experienced much abuse yourself throughout your refereeing career yeah look i mean i i think you know it's when i started again like it's again it's it goes back to like you know the, i think the most um let's say abuse or feedback let's say that you that you get from all sides um 
it usually comes like, you know, early in your career, um, you know, but, but again, it is about like, you know, well, when abuse is over the top, um, you know, and you, you need to, you need to report it and, and you hope that, as I said, like, you know, that the powers that be will stand behind you. Um, but, um, but, yeah. I, so yes, I have. You know, I, I I have obviously like every referee experienced abuse, but but less so as my career has kind of gone on. Um, there there's yeah, there's no question about that. Yeah, because as you say, it doesn't so much happen at the elite level. If you go back to the 11th of December, the Ulster Club semi uh, final between Patrick Pierce's and Mount Belly Milo. The match referee Jerome Henry came out after and said, you know, I quote, Mount Bellew players surrounded me in a threatening demeanour and were less than one metre away from me as they shouted verbal abuse such as, you're a fucking cheat, you're a fucking prick, why didn't you give us the fucking mark, you fucking robbed us. So like, I mean, if that's happening at that type of elite level where there is an awareness of the media presence, you'd have to be a little bit concerned about what might be happening at the grassroots level where there won't be the same scrutiny on the match. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I absolutely wouldn't disagree with anything there. And um, ultimately, you know, what you described there, you know, no matter what, it, it is just not acceptable. Um, obviously, as I was kind of saying, and, and similar to, in this case, Jerome, like, I mean, ultimately, that has to be reported and the um, the authorities need to need to deal with it. Like, you know, that that's so it's not acceptable, but that's how it's dealt with from a refereeing perspective. Rugby does seem to be the sport where referees give respect and get respect. Um, have they done something particularly well in their sport? Or is it just an expectancy that the players will give respect? Yeah, well, obviously it, it's um, it, it's probably going back, you know, well, I don't know how long it's going back. Like, you're right. Like, I mean, I watch rugby as well. I'd, I'd watch most sports. Um, and, you know, there's no doubt that, like, you know, that that, that respect, that two-way respect is there again, as I said, like, I think it, it goes back years and years and years and, and it's something that they've kind of brought with them. Um, you know, obviously it would be great if that's, that's, if we could get there from a GA perspective. Um, but, um, you know, we need to take, we need to take small steps like, you know, uh, to try to, uh, improve the position, um, that referees, as I said, start I suppose at at the lowest levels within the counties that uh, um, that they're um, kind of uh, I suppose getting from from a, from an abuse perspective, like you know, but it, but it certainly is. I, I mean, it it should be something that that we're looking at um, and saying, well, why can't we get to get to to where rugby is? That's the I suppose pinnacle from a from a respect point of view. Um, but but we you know we need to take we need to take small steps. You know, you're not obviously going to get there overnight. Um, uh, but but it does. You know, we need to we need to focus on it. We need to continue to focus on it. Well, Dave, really appreciate your time tonight. Thanks very much for joining me. Not at all.